welcome, welcome everyone back to Love's Neighbours Watch podcast. Yeah, so today we're going to discuss um, the new movie Wonder Woman. Aka one of the best superhero films of, I think, the decade. That's just my opinion. So we, we watched this film on Monday, and um, that was two days from now, oh, two days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually watched it together as well. Um, <laughs> and immediately afterwards, we were we had loads to say about it, loads of thoughts. And we, so we, uh, thought it was... we sat in the cinema, kind of waiting to see if they would have a um, after credit scene. Spoiler, DC don't do that as the cinema attendant. Lovely yeah. cinema attendant, if you're listening, we love yeah, you. Yeah, shout out said. to the Clapham Picture House, which is where we saw it. Yep. Um, and the cinema attendant. And I think this kind of speaks a bit to like how powerful the film is, mm-hmm. because we sat there... You know, normally when you sit and you wait for a credits, a post-credit sequence, you're kind of a bit fed up. Like you're like, oh, when's it coming? Whereas well, we just talked the whole way we through did. about what yeah, we, we thought about it. Yeah, we chatted all the way through. And then we get up and we go and speak to well, the, the cinema attendant starts speaking to us about what we thought about it. And you know, she was also a woman, interestingly. And we had like a really good discussion with her. We about, did. Like, the ending yeah. of the film we had a, what we thought. You know, it was just, I think it was just a, definitely a real connection we felt with the film and then with other ladies who liked it. Yeah. Um, which I think is one of the things that we liked most about that we liked a lot about the film. But we will get to that because we are going to start with what I'm going to lovely start calling my very quick synopsis or the VQS from now on which is basically for any of you who haven't seen Wonder Woman yet um, if you want to stop listening go watch it and come back but if you think oh no I, I can listen without watching it I'm not too interested stay tuned because I will let you know just generally what happens in a very quick synopsis yeah um, um, as a bit of a heads up like we, there will be spoilers in this podcast but mm-hmm. t- to be honest I think it depends how you feel about spoilers because we predicted uh, like what was going to happen in the film Most before, of the, before yeah. we went in which didn't um, change yeah. our enjoyment and of it isn't precisely isn't precisely a groundbreaking super, a groundbreaking yeah, plot wise because it's no. a superhero film that's, that, that's yeah. it's bare bones is what it is so Essentially, obviously, um, the key actors in this film are Gal Gadot playing Wonder Woman, who is mostly known as Diana, always known as Diana in the film. Yeah, they never call her Wonder Woman. Yet. Maybe in the, in the sequel. It's actually quite hard to say. Wonder Woman, yes. I, think maybe, I think it's hard to say in like a British accent. It's easier to say in American Wonder accent. Woman. Wonder Woman, oh my god. Wonder Woman. So true. Anyway, you hit your terrible American <laughs> accents. Uh, and obviously Chris Pine, who is um, Steve, not Steve Rogers, Steve something else. I don't remember his last name. Steve Trevor. Steve Trevor, yes. yes. We start off seeing Diana on her home island of, I can't remember the name now. Oh, it begins, I'll get it up. It it's, a Greek, it's a Greek sounding name. Yeah. And obviously they're drawing a lot of the mythology come from the comics in this. And essentially she's growing up with her Amazon warrior woman kin um and obviously she's the only child on the island and her mother tells us because she loved her so much she sculpted her out of clay and brought her to life that way her mascara the mascara that's it uh and essentially the story goes is that the amazons exist because after a big battle between Ares, the god of war and the rest of the gods um zeus with his final blow against Ares, created a safe place for the amazons to hide away from the world waiting for Ares, who was not yet dead, to come back and destroy humanity. He wants to destroy humanity because he believes in the fatal flaws of men, blah, 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 they're bad, wants to get rid of them. So she grows up, learning to fight, and then a plane crash lands in the water near Themyscira. Uh, Obviously, she jumps in the water, saves him, and this is Steve. Uh, He is a spy... Um, and he's working for the British against the Germans in the First World War. The Germans come through the scary secret barrier hiding Themyscira from the world. The Amazons uh, beat up the Germans and kill a bunch of them. A bunch of Amazons are killed themselves, and as such, the Amazons are brought into 
brought brought into the real world into reality they find out that something's going on beyond their borders uh, Steve basically convinces Diana to go away with him he needs to return a super secret diary to the British and Diana decides to go along with him because she sees it as her duty to save the world so she and Steve uh, with a lot of witty banter go off to London return the diary and then start off on a forbidden mission to find what is essentially the Germans last hope which is a chemical weapons plant where they're trying to and have developed a gas that will get through gas masks. So essentially, you know, they gather some friendly uh, sidekicks and they fight their way through German-held territory, basically trying to stop the person who is producing the gas. Diana suspects it's Ares. She obviously has a fight with Steve and who says, I don't know if Ares is real. And she says, how can you not believe Ares is real? Blah, blah, blah. She kills the man she thinks is Ares after a big battle. And then turns out he isn't Ares. And she starts to question what her whole reality is and the stories she's been told. And then, of course, out of nowhere, Ares turns up, is real. She has a fate, a big final battle with him in which she realises that she is actually a god herself instead of just the daughter of an Amazon, as her mother told her. And finds the power after Steve very sadly sacrifices himself to stop a plane full of gas launching and heading off towards London. Basically think end of Captain America here. You know, he ditches the plane that is going to go and bomb New York into the icy waters of the North Atlantic, hence killing himself, hence freezing himself, blah, blah, blah. Steve does the same thing, sacrifices himself so that the plane won't kill anyone else. Diana kills Ares and basically finds out what it's like to live in the kind of the real world and who she really is. And obviously the beginning and end of this film is bracketed by seeing Diana in what we would assume is the modern day, living and working in the Louvre, we yeah, think, yeah. receiving a package from Wayne Industries in which there's a picture of her and Steve and her fellow comrades sort of standing in the village they save halfway through the film. And essentially the whole film is kind of about Diana very naively setting out with this sort of like hero's mission in mind, falling in love with Steve as well along the way because... I will say he's a very, very good character. Um, and then actually kind of being disillusioned in what the world is really about and actually why men, men as in humankind, fight each other. And it's beyond just Ares making them fight each other as the god of war. It's actually just conflict. Then she says at the end, love is the only way that peace is going to come about. So hopefully that's kind of clear. There's a lot of witty banter that goes on otherwise but I can't go through every single witty banter moment because then we'd be here for hours so Flan um what were your kind of what were your expectations like when you're going into the film what did you kind of think it was going to be like so I had um read uh various uh think pieces and I think I'd read a handful of reviews but when we saw it it had only just come out so Mm. there weren't a whole lot out yet um and they all were really really positive and and uh, the main thing that people were praising was Gal Gadot's performance and also her character, Diana, and how her character is basically her, grounded in the trait of empathy. Mm-hmm. And like her empathy is what drives her rather than her, her ego or... Yeah, or her macho kind of... I mean, obviously, as a woman, that wouldn't be as applicable, which kind of is the point. But So I was very intrigued about to see how that would play out. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like have known much about Wonder Woman obviously this is the first movie ad- adaptation that has really been out I mean I was obviously aware of her as in a Justice League and that kind of thing yeah. but I didn't kind of it wasn't like a character like Spider-Man or Superman where you've seen loads and loads of like different variations six Spider-Man films aren't there so yeah and um, I would say that I 
I like superhero films, but like I don't always like them. Like I'm not like predisposed to like them. Or to go to the cinema and see no. them when they come out. Yeah. But I do like if it's a good like action adventure film, like I will really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, I was hoping for that. I was also I was excited to see Chris Pine, um, who obviously we know from Star Trek and um, um the, Princess the, Diaries and the Princess Diaries too. <laughs> A fantastic movie. We should talk about that one. Day. Yeah, just my luck. Another oh, uh, terrible film. Also fantastic. But also though. good. Yeah, I mean, actually, one of the things I had read about Chris Pine is that his performance was kind of similar to his performance in Into the Woods, in that he kind of um, owns and sort of like makes fun of his uh, his kind of like matinee idol looks and his sort of way he normally plays these kind of like hero not, characters. Not the the untraditional love the untraditional sidekick slash love interest kind of thing yeah i mean i was i was pretty in i thought like yeah so that that was what that's where i was like when i was going into the film Mm -hmm. um and then it completely like lived up to my expectations i would say and and i feel like i I probably enjoyed enjoyed it more than i would have expected i mean i didn't really i I was pretty like we were excited when we were walking down clapham high street we were indeed excited yes you know i did think i was like oh the plot could be a bit i was actually one thing i was a bit kind of wary about was the whole like first world war setting Mm. because although i thought it was interesting in terms of like the moralistic because we we made the point that apparently in the comics it's set in the second world war okay and obviously the second world war is a lot more generally moral yeah that like you know it'd be much easier to say this is a good side and this is a bad you're fighting the nazis they're bad yeah whereas like of course the first world war is just basically this diplomatic mess so yeah i did think like oh is this going to be kind of almost like glorifying war a bit by having her being like fighting in a war or glorifying the british the brit well the allies side of it yeah yes um but i didn't really find that to be the case i think because basically like the the film is completely carried by gal gadot and her performance Mm. and the you know the way it's kind of shot like we mentioned the female director patty jenkins Mm -hmm. who um does film i mean she's like a great director in general like it's really like beautiful like the mascara, the mascara, the mascara. Yes, it's like stunning. Apparently, it's all set around the Italian Amalfi Coast. That's oh. what they kind of used for that. So all of that is like really impressive, but it definitely succeeds in not sexualizing her. Yeah, beyond kind absolutely. Of, I mean, basically, like obviously, she's very, very beautiful, and she is a great character. Mm. And I feel like as a woman, I sat there being like, I want to be her. Yeah, but I didn't sit there being like, she's unrealistic, or she's one-dimensional, or she's not you know relatable like she was relatable which is mm. bizarre when you say that out loud given mm-hmm. the character she's playing mm. mm-hmm. yeah yeah so true what would you say was the highlight for you uh, <laughs> well honestly honestly i just think that there was a it's just a sense of such a sense i came out of it as i said to you feeling so empowered yeah i know and i said to francesca you know i actually now i think about it i can't think of any film in which a woman held the, a woman hold the starring role um and it's uh what am i trying to say it's just like i can't think of another film where it's all about this one woman this one female strong character and her growth and her journey and also it's all uh, all the action is focused on her and you know whilst obviously and i watch a lot of superhero films you know i've you know i've been to see quite I've been to see most of them mm. uh, that have been out, especially Marvel ones. And generally what I kind of see is that there is a woman generally in it, Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, there's um, Gamora. Gamora and then Nebula. Um, and in the Avengers, there's Black Widow and Scarlet Witch. And equally there's Pepper and the... But they're all... 
but they're all either part of a team or they are the girlfriend slash significant other slash love interest even if they're smart themselves or a really strong force or really well you know a well presented woman who is powerful there's just something so different about seeing a woman carry her own superhero film as in she is the star she is the main superhero all the action sequences are based around her and choreographed around her and just there was just these I remember sitting there absolutely blown out of my mind with the rock music blaring and her doing these obviously acrobatic and slow motion takedowns which are like powerful and again gymnastic and acrobatic and there's so much strength in all the moves that she makes and it's obviously all based in the power she has in her own body and the strength that she has I was absolutely blown away by that because I think I just it's so it's so empowering to see that being the main focus of a a superhero film an action film in a way that I actually you realize that you I said something just you know you you don't realize that you're messing it until you see it and actually it was just that and I was sitting there absolutely like hands hands in my hair being like (laughs) I'm absolutely blown away and I feel so empowered because I am now seeing a woman performing these stunts and this action and being the key focus of the reason you know the fact is that like she you know she climbs that ladder goes over the top and just walks through no man's land by herself Mm. she takes machine gun fire on her own and then is backed up by her comrades whether or not they be men they could be women you know doesn't really hugely matter what gender they are but you know it's her leading it and it's her being the key you know and equally you know the fact is that she makes the decisions you know, she is the one who's following, being followed. You know, she is the one who's actually leading the group. I think there's just, I don't know, it was just absolutely those action sequences were my favourite part because yeah. it just showed, you know, Gal Gadot working super hard to portray this Wonder Woman who is strong and powerful and cannot be stopped. Um, and equally is just absolutely ruining everybody. And it's just it's so, so empowering. And again, like Francesca, you know, said, there is, you know, the way she looks... Um, despite you know, the different the controversy about the outfit, and I would argue, you know, she couldn't wear anything else because it is a historic character. I think the way they, the way they present the outfit is, it's like she wants to wear it. Mm. Like it's a it's a symbol of her people. I would like say we said, yeah. more than other superheroes, where they seem to kind of put on an outfit more for like the show. Like I feel like when sometimes when superhero, like someone like Clark Kent puts on his super his Superman outfit, it's kind of like a show of like for the people yeah. like, rather than for him whereas mm. for her it's like that's what she wants to wear there's this whole scene where she goes and tries on she has, like Chris Pine basically has to go to an important meeting and he wants her to seem to look a bit more kind of ordinary as it were instead of like you know wearing basically what amounts to a mini skirt and a boob tube yeah. <laughs> in Victorian well late or, Victorian London Edwardian, yeah. Edwardian actually so London, I yeah. think yeah but they, they it's never done in such a way that it's like hey she wants to wear this sexy outfit it's just like, like you said, it's, it's never done for men it's wholly done for her and you see the way that they uh the way that they designed the outfit as far as i can tell it's all there it's for strength and it's for ease of movement and the fact is that she's a very acrobatic fighter yeah she isn't just like pointing a gun at someone and shooting she's flipping and she's twisting and she has these you know big weapons that she works with and she has to be able to access this you know lasso of truth blah 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 and actually the core city what is it? It's more like a breast, like a, a chest plate. Bustier? Is that a word? I don't know. Yeah, it, I'm, trying yeah. To think what the, I'm trying to think what the what the armor term would be for. Either way, she has this, you know, chest armor, and actually there is a lot of ridges and power and sort of like 
uh, thickness to yeah, what does, she's wearing. It does look like it would genuinely protect her, as opposed yeah. to it just being some skimpy like cover. Yeah, and equally, it's what the Amazons. I mean, obviously, Amazons are a a, a, te- a, a, a myth beyond. DC comics drawn by men, blah blah blah. They're actually like a, a you know, myth in themselves. Yeah, and, you know, again, the ancient Greeks are very much into the power. And again, the power of the body, you know, it's not sexualized to be wearing basically nothing because it's all about showing that power and oiling yourself up and, and you think- know, going out to the Olympic Games and that kind of thing. Well, that's kind of what I read into that like sheer brute power of her body. Yeah. I think it's also worth um, noting that like she, she is like a very um, in lots of ways, naive character because she's only lived on this island. Mm. So, um, but she is supposed to be aware. Like, there's, you know, in some of these bantery scenes she has with Chris Pine, like she is aware of like what you know sexual relations are. And she, yeah, because she's she's, edu- very, she's educated. Yeah, she's very educated, but she has never lived amongst men before. So, so I don't even think she she would as a character would have a concept of like dressing for a man. Like because she would never have grown up with that. You know, yeah. um, and equally, if if they come across that, they'd be like, it's stupid. Yeah, and absolutely, I think the she wears the outfit because it accentuates her heritage and her strength. Yeah. And, you know, she wears the band over her brow because it's her aunt who gets mm. tragically murdered, well, tragically killed in battle. Yeah. You know, and again, I think what I liked about the way she looked is because she looks really powerful and strong and she moves with that kind of strength. And there's no, yeah, there's no focus. I never looked at her as a, a sexualized thing. What I, you know, she gets dirty and all her hair is everywhere. I mean, it looks fantastic, but equally it is still she everywhere. Does, like she, like she frequently, like when she's like, you know, in the trenches with the men, she wears her hair up, mm. which like, again, is, you know, much more realistic of what you would actually do in that situation. Just put it up, yeah, yeah. get it out of the way. But I think I completely agree with everything you're saying. And I think that basically the film is very unapologetically about her. Yeah. And unapologetically her story. Like, they could have really been trying to say... They could have tried to cover their tracks by having her meet up with Batman or meet up with Superman. But instead they were like, no, this is Wonder Woman's story. This is her origin story. Yeah. This is about her. Um, Also, one of the other strengths... The strengths of her character is also grounded in her relationships with other people because Mm -hmm. they could have kind of forfeited that and been like no it's just going to be about her or they could even have decided not to have her have a love interest Mm. but i think basically like chris pine plays the love interest that you that is normally played by a woman Mm. in a superhero film Mm -hmm. but they have the kind of respect for the storyline and respect for the characters to make him an interesting character Mm. you know in in himself and i have to really say that i think chris pine fully i i do think as far as I can find, I think he's a very thoughtful, intelligent actor. Mm. And he just, he did not make any of the film about himself. And I feel like he, he can very easily steal the show because he's witty and he's yeah. got good comedic timing. And he's the star, you know, yeah. like he, he's like the star of Star Trek. Like he's yeah. a well-known actor. Yeah, and he could know. very easily have played it. I mean, even keeping within the lines of the sort of, you know very kind noble thoughtful like you know the entire way through he never kind of tries to patronize diana you know but he gets exasperated and he basically you know he does try and you know fulfill his own brief by just sort of like letting diana come along he never he you know he never he never views her as like just a woman or a sexualized object and that kind of thing but i think still it would have been quite easy for him to play it as sort of like the noble love interest and kind of take attention away from her which you know, I, could, I think like, I think it could have been done, but yeah. I think Chris Pine really understands what his role was, and basically they describe it in an interview, uh, a review I read that was basically him based spent his entire time staring at Diana in absolute <laughs> wonder because, and that's the thing, and I you know, and that's the kind of character he chose to play, and he chose to support her 
you know, everything he says is supportive, even in those final moments, you know, when she has this crisis of confidence because she really, she thinks Aries might not exist and she has no idea why men fight and she can't do anything about it. And he says, you know, we have to keep going, like we have to keep fighting kind of thing. And she says, I can't do it. And, you know, he's struggling and he really wants to try and help her, but equally he knows that he can't force her to do anything. Yeah. And he just tries, I know. And I think even those moments, he's just trying to guide her and he's just trying to do what is best for her and he's trying to guide, take to help her get to the realization rather than like being like, Diana, do this, Diana, do that. I don't know. It's just so hard to, it's so nuanced, but it's because it's, it's a believable relationship. Like, mm. and they, it is the reason that, you know, we were all like heartbroken at the end. And the reason that everybody was so on board with their relationship is because they kind of were a partnership. Mm. Yeah, and absolutely. It was very equal, even though, as we said before, like she is the main character and she is the one who has got these amazing powers. Obviously mm. he doesn't have, he's just a normal guy, but he's yeah. also very well-meaning and they, they have like great kind of, com- what am I saying? Great chemistry. And, yeah. and I think it, it's done very well because like you say, he either could have stolen the show mm. or they could have had his part be so diminished that there was no point in him being there. Yeah, because he had to be a, because he has to be the kind, but I think for Diana, he doesn't have to be, uh, you know, Diana's character. This is what's great about her. She's not driven by ego or driven by sort of um, a chip on her shoulder. You know, Captain America, his wish for strength is so, is so real because, you know, he's always been a weak He's always been a weak physically, even though he's been strong mentally. And they make him strong physically to match that mental strongness. But still, he has this chip on his shoulder from, you know, from that as much as he tries to be driven by something else. I mean, you know, she's different because she's always been strong. It's her heritage. She knows who she is. She never once doubts kind of her... She never once, you know, doubts her... Doubts herself. You know, she might doubt other people, but she never doubts herself. Um, and then I think, so I think that's the thing she's driven by, you know, her naivety is just driven by this innocence, which is always there because she believes in herself and she believes in things like love and joy and happiness because, you know, she's always been strong and she doesn't, and she's not driven at all by ego. So I think, you know, having a strong sort of sassy, really sort of like um, Iron Man kind of character who is, you know, very snarky and very sort of sarcastic and doesn't really believe in anything, but is really smart anyway, wouldn't have really worked for her. Like, he is just a man, you know, he's just a man trying to do the right thing. Yeah. And he's not deliberately made strong or powerful or sassy, you know, he's just really kind. Yeah. And I think that really, uh, really works in contrast to her character because, you know, together... You know, he is just trying to support her and he is just kind of following behind her and she is never held back or said no to or doubted by him, which is great because obviously, you know, there are are people who would be like that. But I think it would just, it would, you know, it would detract in terms of the plot line if they're spending the entire time trying to like get Diana to fall in love with someone who was kind of unworthy of her because he never believed in her. That would have been tiresome and I think... As exactly how you just described her character I would completely agree with and, and I would say I think that is like another reason um, on top of what you were saying earlier about the fight scenes why it is genuinely empowering to watch mm. because like she completely believes in herself she believes in her her mission like you know there's a bit where 
basically everybody's like don't do don't do something don't do it mm. and then she's like i can do whatever i want like nobody controls me and then she just goes off and does it yeah and, and like, she doesn't do it to prove anything to them she does it because no, she because believes she it's right to. and it's not heavy-handed because i know um since having seen this film i've spoken to several people and told everyone i've spoken to been like i enjoyed it so much it's really you good really see it, yeah. and like a few people have sort of said to me like oh i feel like they're kind of pushing the feminist agenda too much is it too you know over the top and i was like no it's just a thoroughly good film with thoroughly well-rounded characters yeah and that is it yeah with know? a str- I mean, I just think it's fantastic because, you know, it was, I think it's so great that it was made by someone who loved the character of Wonder Woman and loved, and is a woman herself, because I will say, you know, I've said this before, I said this recently to someone that I don't really think that you can understand what being a woman is like unless you are one. And I'm not saying you have to be sexually a woman, you know, but if you are a woman, you're living as a if woman. you're living as a yeah. woman or you feel you are a woman and you identify with, you identify with the life of being a woman, the experience, lived experience, that's the only way you can make a film like that. Because, you know, I think what she's Diana is fantastic because she embodies all the traditional things about femininity that are held up, such as softness and warmth and caring and and being smart and intelligent. And also, I mean, not that she's not very maternal because it's not really a maternal thing, but, you know, it's a sort of, no, there is a bit where she sees a baby. She oh, gets yeah. excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's sort of, and that's the childish innocence that she has yeah, as well. But yeah. she doesn't, she has the sort of re, also measuredness and reasonness that, you know, obviously classic women's ideology has always been like, you know, the woman is the one who's advising. And she, she, she has that sort of, she has all the great traits that make people say, oh, there wouldn't be wars if that women were in charge because yeah. women just get along better, which is true and not true because women are very equally capable of not getting along. But she embodies that feminine character and it's also strong and powerful and is able to absolutely beat someone through the wall because that is part of the strength of her character and the physical strength of her body so you're, you know she's she's showing you that she is a woman is strong physically without losing any of her femininity and not yeah. femininity in terms of sexualization but just the kind of traits, no, the traits that women earlier. share and women and identify think, with yeah and i think that helps her be more relatable mm. like you know for your eye we're not like you know, goddess fighters, sadly. Mm. So, you know, we relate to you when she sees this this French village which has been completely destroyed. Mm. And, you know, those kind of reactions that she has and yeah. the film makes time for and values as much as the mm. moments where she's, like, you know, kicking some guy in the face or whatever. You know, yeah. it, it gives enough, like, yeah, importance to those moments, which is good. Yeah, absolutely. And again, you know, she doesn't... She do, it doesn't make fun of any of the feminine traits that she has. It doesn't those those don't weaken her. No, you know, and yeah, and I think it's just I don't know. It's just something about the fact that she is just she is a strong woman fighting. You know, there, there's I don't know. There's just nothing holding her back because she doesn't let things hold her back as well, which is another lesson to learn from that film. But I think overall, I would say about that film with its feminist agenda, it's a feminist agenda. Is it as a strong, true and uh, portrayal of a woman that's worth holding up? And I think what's also fantastic, I said to my when I got home, that it is just a superhero film. It's got plenty of CGI and it's basically got the plot line of Captain oh, yeah. America, the when first adventure. The plot earlier, I was like, it's a this superhero plot sounds film. kind of vaguely terrible when you say mm. it out loud. Like, yeah. It doesn't sound like a good yeah. plot. And obviously it's the characters that hold it up. Yeah, it's those individual elements that yeah. make it but, good. But you know, Wonder Woman's living the same story as Captain America did. You know, fighting a war, finding out who she is as a person. It's her origin story. But equally, isn't it fantastic that this sort of very slightly generic blockbuster film that's broken records and is talked about everywhere is a mainstream 
blockbuster starred in all about a strong feminine super a strong female superhero that hasn't been done before and it's not even an it's not even a small budget indie film that no one's heard about it is a literal huge action adventure film with you know the big cgi crazy supernatural i mean she is in the end a superhero made up by comic writers a bit of stupid random supernatural backstory but you know they did it you know they made it and it's broken records and i think you know and someone said oh you know and they said action films can't be good for women it's absolutely true it's like actually women are perfectly likely you know to like you know you say to go to action films and to enjoy action adventure superhero films if the characters are relatable and wonder woman i think is a film that i think a lot of my female friends who don't even like superhero films generally because it is quite a hackneyed genre would really 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 yeah. like because it's I agree. And I think that's why it's been so wildly successful and it's currently the number one film. It's because you have, obviously, all the men and women who normally enjoy comic book films, Mm. like, have gone to see the film. Yeah. And then you've got this whole added, like, you know, huge sector probably of the Mm. population who have gone to see it, who are going because they're intrigued by these, you Mm. know, things that they're reading about it, things that they're hearing that actually has got something else to it. And honestly, I actually think that, like... It's, as I said to you, I mean, I said to Francesca when we were in the credits, this is what men get to feel like all the time. Mm. Watching a superhero male lead, it's all about his story, it's all about his journey, it's all about his power, and, you know, whether it's him building a suit for himself or, you know, him fighting an enemy. It might be a sequel or an extra third sequel, but the point is that it's led by a man. And I think that does block it off for... It does block it off for some women because you think, oh, why would I be interested? Because it's just a man. But actually, yeah. I got to sit and watch a film with a woman superhero who is strong and powerful and has these awesome fight scenes. And actually, it wasn't, I found out, you know, it wasn't the genre or the violence or the storyline that was holding me back from really engaging with it. It was actually the main character. Yeah. And having that woman main character, being Wonder Woman, you know, it's all about Diana, means actually I think it's more accessible because it's led by a woman and actually that's the that's the truth of it i think that point you said earlier which you said to me in the credit sequence which i thought was really very crucial is that this is what it's like for men all the time yeah because i then thought about films that we enjoy or particularly films that are popular like mainstream blockbusters which Mm. as we all know do make up the majority of what's in the cinemas Mm. and like you say there are many films with female characters and like one of them that actually came to mind that i thought we could actually compare it with like a little bit is the hunger games because obviously the main character is a woman yeah and it's about her and of course it's really popular is that because women feel women feel they like that film because it has a woman leading it but it's interesting that that film, you know, that film first came out in like 2012, I think, which is now like five years ago. Mm. Um, and, you know, how many films, aside from Wonder Woman that we've just seen, have had that kind of woman lead? I mean, the other film that came to mind was the, you know, Star Wars The Force Awakens. Mm. But I would also argue yes. that, I mean, obviously, like, she as a female character is a big part of it, but it is also a bit of an ensemble piece, isn't it? So. Yeah, yeah. But it's like how, you know, that it, Star Wars, I think what's really interesting about Star Wars is how they, the Disney marketing people assumed that Kylo Ren would be the big thing that child, children really liked. Yeah. And the big, um, the big uh, merch seller. Yeah. And I remember in the Disney store on Oxford Street there was Kylo Ren stuff everywhere, not a hint of Ray. Which really surprised anywhere. me because I was like, at the end of the day, he is the baddie. Yeah. Like, but I, I think, a kid, like, but I, I think people, I think, but apparently their market research made them think that he would be the popular character. Mm. And actually, people were, cry, people were, 
really people loved Ray. They thought I, I really think sh- the success story of that film that comes out of that film is that Ray actually was came out as she is the main character, but she came out heralded as the titular best, most popular, most interesting, most relatable character. Like I know everyone loves Ray, and I think she's fab, and I think she definitely she as a character is what holds up those that first film. Yeah, absolutely. Because again, it's her story. Yeah. And you know. I, you know, and I think that's the thing. And Kylo Ren really wasn't. And I think, again, you're just seeing how films with women in a starring role, you know, and, and I will say Star Wars you know, is all about Rey. Like, she's, you know, she's the main character. Yeah, she is of all of it, it's the, her story. the Luke type yeah. character. And I, I think this is probably what you're about to say, yeah, what I was thinking earlier, is that The Hunger Games, Star Wars and Wonder Woman... <laughs> Are three of the most successful films of the by last far, ten years. Of like the yeah. past ten years. Is there a, is there a? Whereas yeah. Man of Steel, you know, obviously it was a successful film like critically, and I have seen that movie, and I, you know, thought it was fine. It was but fine. Like, but... It wasn't critically acclaimed. No. You know, it, like it's not going to be nominated for anything. And same with Batman versus Super Superman. Sorry, it was like completely torn apart by critics. So yeah. I think hopefully we're seeing. You know, how great would it be if in like, you know, ten fifteen years when like people our age have children that their children are watching these films mm. you know because if you think like that is so important to you when you're young and i know it sounds a bit cliched and hackneyed but mm. you know think of when you were a kid and you watched films like you know the thing that's coming to my mind now is like watching like harry potter and relating to hermione yeah as we, as, every, as we all did obviously, yeah everybody but that's really that was really important and that mm. was empowering like yeah. and obviously you're too young to sit there being like hey i'm being empowered but, but she's still... like hermione is smart and they say multiple times the only reason anyone gets anything done is because hermione handles it it's like with disney films for example people said oh well they promote certain images of women, blah, blah, blah. But actually, Disney films are the a consistent series of films where there was a girl as the main character. I thought Ariel sticks to her guns and she believes in herself and she believes in what she wants and she goes after what she wants. Like she makes a deal with a sea witch and walk... I mean, I mean, it doesn't surprise me that the first hit DC, as in DC, um, the comics... Um, yeah, production yeah. company as opposed to Marvel, the first big hit they have is Wonder Woman. Even though everyone's, you know, even though for 10 years, you know, Patty Jenkins, plus 10 Patty Jenkins was told no one's going to make this film because no one's interested. Women don't like action films. It's it's a classic that they do. In, I mean, I'm in publishing. It's a classic thing that happens there as well. Generally, if people say, oh, no one's going to like it, but it's progressive and it's forward thinking and it's a woman in a superhero film. I'm sorry, but five years ago, someone said that to me. Do you think that people would like that? I'd be like, yes, I know I would like that. I know plenty of my female friends who would like that. It's a classic problem of Hollywood that they look backwards, not forwards. Well, it's again, you know, so one, so one of the interesting, to, to come back to kind of some of the other things we were thinking about here. Yeah. Um, so to return to like Chris Pine's character. So I read an interview, which was on the pool, uh, the website, mm-hmm. um, not the swimming pool. In the pool. So <laughs> <laughs> I was going to talk about the pool shortly. It's the other kind of pool. Um, yeah, like, uh, which was an interview with Patty Jenkins where they were asked like, uh, basically whether Chris Pine was paid more than Gal Gadot and like it was basically heavy and heavily implied that he was because mm. he is like the kind of better That's Hollywood, known character yeah. but I think hopefully this kind of will you know obviously we can't change the economics of Hollywood in that sense but a move towards like female characters female actors mm-hmm. and female directors being as well valued um, yeah 
And then the other thing I was going to say is, so there is a scene which involves a pool um, in Wonder Woman. Yes, where good scene. Chris Pine is, I did find this like vaguely hilarious because I'm pretty sure he was kind of like imprisoned at that point and they imprisoned him in this room with these <laughs> beautiful natural pools. And I was like, this doesn't really look like a punishment. Yeah, but yeah. Anyway, this was when they were still on uh, her island and he's in this pool um, and I turned to Helena and I was like, this is my dream because I... Really, just loves pools. Yeah, I really love like, pools, love pools and like swimming and stuff. Uh, but anyway... Um, he then gets out of the pool and he is naked. And he, she sort of, she, he kind of stands when she comes in in a classic, you know, chivalrous gentleman. You stand when in the room. <laughs> but whilst being Except he was completely naked and I assumed he was covering himself, but equally he was still standing there. I don't and obviously, think he was. Yeah. I don't think he was. I mean, I don't really know. Obviously. I mean, not the actor, but the character. No, no, I know, but I don't, because they had this, they had this kind of double entendre like conversation. Yeah. Um, which is all very amusing and like, you know, really fun. But um, I think, I would argue that the whole scene was really fun. Like, it wasn't... No, yeah, it yeah. It wasn't sexualizing And equally, him. Diana sort of is a bit, like, shrugs shoulders. She's not interested in it, yeah. I think it would have been different had, I don't know, it been, like, a Morgana Merlin situation where she, like, makes them all go topless in yeah, her cave yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah, I think... But he's the... get but, away with it. Yeah, but as we said, like, there's a full... There's a full body, you know, zoomed out shot of Chris Pine hand on penis walking out of the pool and trying to cover himself and it's it's unapologetic like as in it is extended that you, he's, he's he's naked for like five minutes and diana is busy talking about other things and he's sort of like edging his way out but i think again like it's so interesting because again he is the one whose body is sexualized if you're going to sexualize anyone not hers and equally she does not care she's busy thinking about other things making sassy remarks because she's very capable of being you know sexual and sensuous as much she's capable of being naive and innocent you know there was no contradictions in these things and then you know and then i think chris prime played i love the way chris prime played that because he's sort of like he's waiting he's waiting for like any kind of maidenly embarrassment nothing comes he sort of just like sidles off and it's like okay i think (laughs) if that was like Obviously, we have this whole, you know, is there is there a reverse sexism that kind of argument? What is the role but reversal? Yeah, I think one of the things I would say is that um, thinking actually of a Star Trek film, which obviously Chris Pine was in, oh yeah, that one, yes, that one. where she yeah. suddenly like randomly like takes all her clothes off out um, for no reason and it's absolutely out of context. Yeah, but like normally in those moments, people make comments about mm. the woman, mm. and like she doesn't make comments about chris pine in wonder woman like you know do you know what i mean as in like nobody it's kind of like incidental comic relief and also kind of just like being like guys this is a film that women are going to enjoy yeah. and like you we're know, gonna have a heart we're gonna have a fully naked man in it basically yeah, i personally think that's fine and also know. he looked absolutely fine i in think this film. <laughs> afterwards um Oh, yeah. Somebody asked me, uh, we'll come on to this in a minute as well, about the, how in America they've been having these all-female screenings of ah, the film. Oh. Um, and someone asked me whether we went to an all-female screening, and I was like, no, it was like a normal, definite just a normal mix screening, of people. Yeah. Um, but, like, during that scene and various other scenes, it, also, like, the fight scenes and the moments where she was being really cool, we were totally, like, reacting to the screen. We were, like, really into it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I honestly, just the, just the sheer the sheer joy and empowerment and elation you get from watching Gal Gadot go through her fight scenes with the music. How's it go? 
I think I'm just singing the song from I don't School know, of Rock. Like, I couldn't sing. Oh, oh yeah, no, that's the School of Rock song. It's not that, it's not yeah. Um, but the whole practice, the, the, the hard rock music and her, the slow motion, you know, very in-depth. I mean, honestly, it's just so, so empowering to watch that. And I felt so high on sort of like the elation of yeah. watching it. And I think that's another point to make that it is genuinely and generally a very uplifting film. Mm-hmm. And like, you know was not a great weekend news wise and it's no it's you know not. it's not a good year news wise and i think if you're actually looking for something that's just going to brighten your week like mm. i would completely recommend mm. it and i think that's the great and that is the great thing i will say about what from what i've seen in culture nowadays the fact that we have forward thinking you know netflix and amazon i think they're great services because as production companies they're trying to break the boundaries and find new audiences and apply and market to new audiences like dear white people that thing that netflix have yeah. done you know as much as it's as much as people don't like it as some people don't like it apparently it's really good i, I have heard it's it. really good too but as much as some people are saying oh it's anti-white it's still a new voice out there it's the voice of black it's the voice of you know a black woman and i think what's great about arts and culture and publishing and movie making at the minute as much as they're making things that are kind of same old, same old, I think equally they're trying to push boundaries. They're trying to find new audiences. They're trying to make new money because obviously you need to keep making money and the margins are getting smaller and smaller. I really think in culture nowadays and in media, you know, there are very good, very good standards that the media are held, that, that the filmmaking industry and the movie making and the TV making industry and the book industry are held up to because people are, people are looking for new things and people are looking for groundbreaking stuff. And liberalism is really being held up by culture, I really think. And the fact that this film's coming out, the fact that Netflix and Amazon are making such groundbreaking shows, it just shows that actually they realise that there is money to be made in reaching new audiences and saying new things and actually promoting ideas that Wonder Woman is trying to promote of equality and justice and freedom and that kind of thing. And as much, if, even if we're not seeing it in politics and even if we're not seeing it in society, I think we are. the message is still being put out there by cultural means which i think i'm really happy to see personally yeah, absolutely i feel like i kind of feel like that was a good place to end it really like, I don't <laughs> know if that was like a stirring speech like yeah. yeah no i mean just the fact you know we're not we're not getting the same old same old when it comes to movies and tv and books we're getting different things well, they're, they're respecting their audiences and respecting that your audience is not one person or mm-hmm. one particular kind of person from a particular kind of background mm-hmm. You know, it's a diverse group of people, and you have to find your audiences because that's where your money's going to be made. And you know, the Wonder Woman will Wonder Woman will show that if you have a film like this, which appeals, I mean, it's if you have a film like this, which ticks all the boxes apart from having sales projections because nothing like it's been done before. It doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. And I think that that's the thing. It, it, I mean, we all knew Wonder Woman would be a massive success. It just had to be. Just had to be. The cards had to be put out the dice had to be rolled and yeah. it was rolled and it was rolled well same with the hunger Games, same with star wars like, honestly the new star wars i think they made such disney made such a good bet on that because and that also in yeah lots of ways must have been a big gamble it was a big gamble of, i think it definitely you know, was a big gamble. Ba- making the leads like a young woman and then a young and black, a black man, man and then a hispanic man blah yeah. blah blah. yeah but like you know that couldn't have been more successful yeah. and more popular and the same i mean the same thing why do love rogue one so much because the character of um, Jen is flawed and psychologically damaged and she's grumpy and she's a bit of a bitch but equally she's very capable uh, and she does what she wants and she fulfills her own destiny and she's supported by the characters she isn't dragged along by it another film that has a female yeah, lead that's so true. and that's done really really well and I think it's also important that these 
these all these women in these films do feel like well-rounded characters like they don't they don't they're not being held up as this like this is what a woman should be this person is completely perfect women are allowed to be flawed and contradictory yeah, and but equally doesn't doesn't divest that doesn't divest you from power no um which again i feel like that probably helps when you have a female director and a, you know because you understand the lived experience of being on yeah so there yeah. we are that's well that's the kind of we haven't really talked about more than the kind of feminist agenda of wonder woman but equally that's what we gained from it and as women i think we were both really empowered and really enjoyed the film for because of the fact it was about wonder woman yeah and i will reiterate that like if you are a man you will also enjoy it. You will film. enjoy it. It's, like, a, it's a fun superhero film. And it, yeah. It's, yeah, and the you will still appreciate the characters, who, the relationships. Yeah. And, and equally, what guy doesn't like badass women? Well, exactly. Like, you know, the reason that she, you know, probably there are so many guys who are going to be like completely in love with her. And that is not just because of her looks. Like, it is She is an amazing... Her. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I think... So, I think we were thinking of starting up a slightly new a slightly new approach with these podcasts yeah. in that I think we're going to um, broaden our reach a little bit because mm-hmm. obviously we've as you may have realized a lot of our content revolves around um, feminist issues in culture and feminist depi- and feminist um, cultural depictions such as you know Tent of Welfare Hall we talked about before in Paul Dark there's quite a lot of strong women in that as well and we tend to focus more on that so we're kind of thinking about moving our discussions more to do with women in culture whether it be films TV or books uh, and we're also probably going to move more towards this discursive format of 30 minutes kind of discussing whatever we feel like discussing as two young women in today's society who are kind of obsessed with books and TV and film. Yeah, so this is this is our thought, and we're, we're thinking of trying to get a podcast out to you, like, well, twice Bi-monthly? Yeah. yeah. Whether or not that be uh, every third and fourth week of the month, or second and fourth, or first and third, it will depend on, you know, our busy working lives. <laughs> yeah, and, um, yeah, it will vary. So obviously this one's a Wonder Woman, and um, as we all know, Paul Duck is coming back on Sunday. So we will have so some we will, of we that. will definitely, yeah. yeah, we will definitely discuss that. Um, so yeah, and I think what we're considering doing next time will either be um, a Paul Duck as... Paul Duck kind of our thoughts so far, so, you know, if this is in two mm. or three weeks' time we maybe will have seen like yeah. two or three episodes. Mm. Um, or we might talk about The Essex Serpent. Which is uh, was a very, very book here in Britain last year. But mm. yeah, either way, we probably will discuss both of them. Absolutely. So your so. homework, if you want <laughs> to keep up with us, is to either watch Poldark when it comes out on Sunday. We will be live tweeting, most likely. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll try. Yeah, we'll try. I mean, I'm going to be in the States, so who knows, but... Am I going to be... Yeah, that's yeah. what I am on Sunday. <laughs> oh, gosh. And, uh, or read The Essex Serpent. And Waterstones have a beautiful version of it if you're in the UK, so go pick that up. Yeah, so... But that's us for thank now. Thank you for listening. And please let us know what you thought of Wonder Woman. Oh, um, absolutely. And what you thought of our discussion and yeah. Yeah, any we other are, ideas you We have. are on Twitter at RealLLW. Um, and that's the main place where you can find us, to be honest with you. But, so find us on Twitter. That's the key way you can interact with us. And equally, that's where our live tweets, etc. and our little news blasts and all that kind of thing are. So if you're interested in that kind of content, then that's where you want to find us. And obviously you can download this podcast. You are listening, so you know this, but from <laughs> iTunes or SoundCloud. So, you know, hit, you know, reg- what's the word? Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. Or... And also, if you leave us a review on iTunes, that would be fun. Like, that's another thing you can do. That would be fun. Um, and yeah, thank you for listening. We really enjoyed Wonder Woman, as you can probably tell. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> absolutely fantastic. But yeah, so see you next time. Bye.